Hi friends, it's Friday, August 4th. My name is Jenny, I'm a contributor to IntelliGame, and I want to welcome you to another edition of IG Radio. Today's IG Radio is a special one as it will provide you with a little sneak peek, a behind the scenes if you will, on a piece coming out next week on Detroit Become Human. This is a game that I actually struggled with quite a bit. From a technical standpoint, it was engaging to play. I enjoyed the characters, particularly Kara and Connor, and the motion capture and just sheer amount of choice available is something I don't think I've experienced in playing a game before. I'm also a sucker for melodrama, and the story has quite a bit of that. But Detroit Become Human is the game equivalent of grabbing a burger and fries at a drive-thru. It's really good initially, it tastes great, but doesn't sit well after you're done. It goes for those cheap and easy storylines and tropes, stays on the surface level in its narrative and politics, and misses the chance to provide true substance and depth to the story that it seems to want to tell, despite the mixed messaging provided by David Cage, its director. This game was interesting because it was both full and devoid of content, which is a large part of the problem I had with it. Topics like slavery, domestic abuse, torture, and a failing economy are brought up and cast aside, sometimes within just one chapter of the game. And due to the wide net cast, as well as the lack of representation and consultation on the part of the Quantic Dream team, the title doesn't move beyond a 101 level of understanding, and with what we'll be focusing on today in this IG radio, it does its own narrative a disservice by oversimplifying and reducing the struggles of its characters into neat and familiar categories. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the plot, this game is set in a future Detroit and follows three androids. Kara, who escapes an abusive owner and takes his young daughter Alice with her. Connor, who is an android programmed to find deviant or sentient androids and shut them down. And Marcus, an android who begins as a caretaker of an old artist, but then gains sentience, or becomes deviant, and then subsequently becomes the leader of that deviant movement. You'll switch between these three characters throughout the game, grappling with different dialogue choices and quick time events that will push you through the narrative and, again, explore topics such as the nature of humanity and civil and human rights. Because of the nature of this story and the inclusion of so many different topics, there's a lot to unpack, but in this particular episode of IG Radio, I want to focus in on Marcus's story, the story of the android revolution, since that's where all three of the characters' stories eventually intersect. Marcus is a character with immense potential. His story is the cover art for the game, after all. But after a setup in which he's shown to have a positive relationship with the elderly artist he works for, and then a quick, sharp twist of fate where he's left to fend for himself, it quickly takes a downturn in both coherence and nuance. After discovering the deviant android hiding spot Jericho, Marcus receives a blessing from an android oracle of sorts, and suddenly, magically, gains the ability to wake up androids, enabling them to join his cause. Yes, his cause, because upon arrival, he immediately becomes this leader for the revolution. This is a character designed for greatness, designed to be a leader, and designed to be quite boring. While his fate is to lead the androids to greatness, his personal intention is left blank for the player. Will you play Marcus as a violent revolutionary or a pacifist? 
a Malcolm X or an MLK. This is a dichotomy we're quite familiar with in pop culture, and one that can get a little problematic when exploring the realities of social conflict. In the real world, there is no singular chosen one. We have figureheads in revolution, yes, but unlike in Detroit, where Marcus is able to nearly single-handedly infiltrate a guarded media broadcast building, revolution is made up of more than one person and his actions. Regardless of which option you choose, pacifist or violent revolutionary, Marcus does not encounter significant struggle in his role, and as long as you press the right buttons, he can potentially lead androids to freedom with barely a scratch. This is the second major oversimplification of this title. Revolution, protest, social movements, all three of these are messy, painful endeavors. Within an organization, there is discussion and debate regarding courses of action to take, and while this is alluded to a little bit in the game, Marcus's chosen one status will overrule any qualms any NBC feebly brings up. Externally, perception of the android movement by the general public rises or falls depending on how violent the androids choose to be. This raises the implication that nonviolent protests are inherently more successful. If the general public sees the atrocities committed against androids, they'll be moved to sympathy for the android plight. Of course, the reality of this is far, far more complex. How many times has peaceful protest alone resulted in immediate change? And how much does public perception and sentiment really matter when that public, at least in the game, is passively washing from the sidelines, sending out their thoughts and prayers rather than joining in the androids and marching? Protest is messy, revolution is complex, and simply choosing the correct options in a pacifist route in real life will not guarantee a group civil rights. The game forgets, or is, at best, blindly optimistic about the fact that obtaining freedom isn't as simple as just asking for it, and players who take this at face value miss out on the opportunity to explore systems of oppression and how they actually work in the world today. Finally, the game, in terms of revolution, only explores in a cursory manner the importance of place and time in relation to protest. The city of Detroit, in particular, has a long and painful history of marginalized groups fighting for their rights. And in this game, the history does not seem to cross the minds of the androids or any of the humans they encounter. In a very notable sequence, Kara and Alice meet Rose, a black woman who also talks about her people's oppression, but in the past tense. Even though this is futuristic Detroit, I have a hard time believing events like Black Lives Matter movement, the Occupy protests, and even events like the Detroit riots or other civil rights movements would be that far from her and other marginalized groups' minds. While I go into more detail on this in my article, a solution, or at least a start to a solution for this oversimplification and lack of nuance is one that could be easily implemented. Get more diverse voices in the studio. Get representation in a game studio. If Quantic Dream had hired a more diverse group of writers and developers, if they would hire maybe a team of consultants to dive into their narrative structure and characterization, perhaps many of these qualms that I have about the story itself would have been handled with more care. Out of respect to movements that have put in the work to fight against systemic oppression, and out of respect to people who have lived through these experiences that Quantic Dream has chosen to write about, Quantic Dream and any studio should make sure to include the voices they create stories about by actually inviting them to be a part of the creation of these stories in game form. In the article this week, again, I go into more detail on the route where I think Quantic Dream stumbled and its work on Detroit Become Human. The fact that they didn't put in that legwork to get voices who represent the stories they were trying to tell. 
to actually help in the creation of the narrative. This is why this week, I want to encourage you to make an effort when consuming stories or media to try and get as close to the source as possible. We often visit websites that aggregate news, read articles that summarize points, or, or skim through retweets without the original context to ground our opinions and thoughts. So again, this week, try to push yourself. If you see something, go to the source. Put in that legwork to find the original voice of the work and see how it affects your thoughts surrounding that story. That's it for this Friday edition for IG Radio. You can find me on Twitter at Kimchika25, and be sure to tune in for Monday's edition of IG Radio coming to podcast apps near you. We're on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all under the updated handle of Us, one word, so be sure to take a look or listen at the other content we've been working on and join the discussion in our Discord and live streams. I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend, that you're finding awesome games to play, and I will see you in the next Intelligame Radio.